Welcome to the Accepted Authority podcast, where we help you solve a common growth challenge. I'm Andy Marmont, founder of Concurve, and as always, with me is Greg Roweth. G'day, Greg. Hi, Andy. Looking forward to our chat today. Absolutely, me too. So today, what we wanted to do is talk about how to stay in control of the sales process. Uh, something that you've identified this week, Greg, is a lot of your clients um, are having some challenge of challenges around losing control of the sales process where they, uh, I guess they're looking to book that next meeting, but there's some objections and what happens is we're in sales limbo or I like to call it the dance of sales where no one's quite sure what's going on. So I'd love to explore that and just get a sense of what are the common objections that we're seeing what are some strategies to overcome them? And then hopefully by the end, we'll, we'll get a sense of, um, uh, yeah, some some ways forward. So why don't we just start, Greg, with, um, so, so I mean, why do you think it's a, such a, a challenge for a lot of consultant firm owners at the moment? Yeah, well, yeah, so I think it's a pretty common um, challenge for, you know, most um, sales, um, well, yeah, people in that sales process where they're getting held up and losing control um, and it often comes about after a you know a seemingly successful first meeting you know an introduction meeting where you know everything seems to be right all the boxes are being ticked and uh, there needs to be then an escalation of that relationship with a potential client and maybe you know there are two or three other people who need to be involved in that conversation so they go from um, yeah, let's book that appointment, um, but we need to coordinate times for people. So often it's like, well, here's two or three times that I'm available. Um, mm-hmm. Let's um, you know, I'll put it into your hands to arrange at your end the people that are going to be involved and uh, you know, and come back to me and book a time. And uh, then nothing gets heard from, <laughs> from that uh, other party. Um, and the time frames lapse, and uh, it's like, where do you go from there? Yeah, and you know, you've you've lost control of that part of the process. So, you know, the temptation is, do I go back and look like I'm being pushy or, or maybe desperate? <laughs> you know, what's the next step? So, um, yeah, there's a, a, a few ways around that. Um, you know, and, and that's not the only way of losing control of that process either you know there are other other um pushbacks i guess where you know maybe the first meeting doesn't go you know exceptionally well but there's a common ground so someone says well send me some information um yeah usually that's the last you hear of them as well um so you know there's a real need to maintain control of that whole sales process so having some strategies around that and having a structure to the steps involved in and setting up objective points of what you want to achieve. So, you know, do you need two meetings? Do you need three meetings? Do you need four meetings? And what's the, the objective for each of those steps and making sure that you've got a process where you're able to um, really keep control of what's happening in that process. So, you know, that's yes. the challenge of, you know, getting you know, the second appointment booked is is a, a big one, and but there are some methodologies that we've used successfully around that. Uh, perhaps you have as well, Andy. 
Yeah, I think the uh, I think first of all, what comes to mind, Greg, is the framing. So your first meeting, um, there's got to be a really clear intention. You've got to have a time frame. I, I feel like uh, by taking control of that initial meeting and saying whatever your spiel is, but it could be something along the lines of, you know, really, I just want to find out a bit more about you and your business to see if if we can help. Uh, whatever whatever that looks like for you, it's a 15 minute call. It's a 20 minute call. Again, have a time limit. And then really make it so it's a it, it, there's some there's a clear out, outcome. Is it a fit or if it's mm. not a fit? I mean, often that's a good way to start. So at least we all know it's not just a chat. It's you know not just a get to know you sort of call. Like it's if it's if it, you know it's a, it's a serious business meeting. So we, we need to have a, a sense of what the outcome is and and why we're all here because to people's time is 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 limited. It's valuable. I think that's the first thing that comes to mind. The second thing mm. is. Uh, and something that you just alluded to there too, Greg, is when there's a bit of ambiguity over the next steps. I, f- mm. I feel like quite often that seems to sometimes come from the prospect. Um, whereas if you framed the initial meeting correctly, then you're able to go and, and basically say, it's really up to me to decide if, if, it, if it's not a right fit or, or if it is. And if it's mm. not, I'll tell you. And if it is, as the doctor you know, as the person mm. who's prescribing whether there's a is an issue here, mm-hmm. I'll let mm. you know if it's a if it's available. And obviously, there'll be some mutual agreement. But mm. I find that um, if you make that call as well, and you're not afraid to sort of say, "Look, I don't think it's a fit," then your uh, your value in their eyes also immediately goes up because they know that you're actually true to your word. You're not just trying to flog your product, but you're genuinely trying to assess. If it's a if it's a right fit, I mean, what what do you sort of feel, Greg, around that strategy? Yeah, no, that's spot on. Um, it's really about you setting the agenda for that process, and yeah, keeping control and being the authority in the process. You're not the servant, um, you know. And we often get put into that servant role, particularly if the yes. inquiry comes from from the other party. It's, you know, yeah. they are initiating contact. They think they have a problem and they want us to solve it. And sometimes that initial inquiry is about something they think they need. And, you know, I had this experience with one of my clients this week where, you know, a potential client called, had a chat and said, uh, um, we need you to do some training uh, for us. And, uh, you know, the initial discussion, felt, um, my client felt, well, actually, they don't need training. You know, that's, that's a surface level solution. They need a deeper diagnosis of what the real problems are, real issues which they are not really that aware of. They think some, you know, training might solve the problem, but you know, the client knows that's not going to be a long-term solution. So it's then yes. now having that courage, I guess, and the authority to be able to push back and say, "Well, no, you know, for your benefit, you know, I could take the money and run." <laughs> But here's what I think is really necessary and here's the next steps um, to go there. Um, and really setting that agenda about yeah, what needs to happen next. So we need a meeting and you know, what, who are the other stakeholders that need to be involved in that, um, arranging some times. But often I find in that situation, and this is something that may preempt um, the, the process down the track, is you know, avoiding the send me information by actually yes. having information that you want to send them to educate them. And often when they're asking, send me more information, it's, 
you know, what what's the information going to be about? You know, and it's often a like a brochure or a capability statement that gets sent out, really doesn't go anywhere. But having something specific relating to the problem, like a an ebook or a video training or or something like that, that you're able to say, here's some information I have about this particular problem that we want to address. Please make sure every one of the stakeholders you know, consumes that information and then let's book a call. Um, so why don't I come back and I'll give you a week or maybe we can set a tentative time. Um, let's book it in um, and make sure you know that people have consumed that information. You know, if we need to change that time, let's change it, but let's book it in you know, so we've got something to work around. Um, and I think that way you have more control and more authority in the process as well. It's interesting you say to send me something. I just want to just pause on that on that uh, objection, if you like, because mm. I feel like an objection. I feel like if someone says, oh, can you just send me something? It's actually a delaying tactic. And it, what it really yeah. means, the, what, what they're really saying is I'm not sure. So yeah. I want you to send something because it allows me to, uh, I'm not really sure exactly what the problem that I have at the moment. Um, and I'm not sure mm. if you're the right answer. So if you send me something that gives me, a good couple of weeks and it's a bit of ambiguity so yeah. i would i would implore and something that i've learned is and i used this a couple of weeks ago there's someone's uh, a prospect there was a, it was a good call i feel like it was a fit and i said mm. i think it's a fit um i suggest we do this this is my next my next session mm-hmm. and she said oh can you send me something and i'll have a look at it the first yeah. time in my career i said no mm. and mm. it felt weird but i'll tell you what, why i said no i said because I don't always send. I don't send it out all the time. The information mm-hmm. that I have, um, I don't. I still need to go through and understand if it's the right fit, um, because I'm not just going to send something out for the sake of it if it's not going to be the yeah. right fit for you. Mm-hmm. And uh, this is my reasoning, and I, you know, we need to go through this a bit more deeper. And then, if then, if it's the right fit, then I'll send you it as mm-hmm. a, as a sort of final step. And she mm-hmm. agreed. And yeah. I feel like um, a if I'd sent something, then. I would, there would be no control is exactly what you pointed mm-hmm. out because it'd be like, yeah. well, I, I sent you something, but did you receive it? Uh, mm. Which isn't obviously, I mean, that that's that's the that's the commission breath call, right? So you're sort of calling yeah. it like, I just want to see if you want to do the, go to the next step. But as part of your mm. initial point around having that control, think about based on your product, your service, what is the, um, what does the end result look like and how much can you influence in the, in these initial conversations? Really, if you're going to mm. send something, it should, in my sense, I believe it's going to have more impact if it's essentially a, a final commercial element. Otherwise, yeah. uh, you haven't done your job from a sales perspective to really qualify and get the, the prospect mm. to see that, that is the clear pain point and mm-hmm. your solution addresses that. And you're the right and the best fit to be able to do that. So send yeah. me something mm. if, if you can kind of get around that and and really understand well what do they mean by that? I feel like yeah. you're gonna have some more success. Yeah. Well, I think anytime the client asks you to send something, you've lost control. Or, or you know, you haven't done your job of getting them to the point where they're eager to move to the next step you know, and as you said that's a delaying tactic from them they're confused but that's a polite way of saying oh i don't really know enough to make a decision mm-hmm. yet so they may yes. or may not 
consume that. But when you've got control of the process, and I think particularly when you know you've had that initial call with one person, but then there are other stakeholders, often those other stakeholders aren't up to speed with the initial person. You know, maybe that first yes. person who makes the inquiry has, you know, they've felt a need. So they're reaching out first to see you know, if they can get help. They engage, you know, that you in that conversation and then they'll look at, okay, well, I need to, you know, show my colleagues some reason to have a meeting. Um, yes. So if you're just putting that to them and say, well, our next step is to have a meeting with the others, mm. you've got to empower that person to sell that meeting to the yes. other stakeholders. Um, so one of the ways that I've successfully achieved that is having that content that's problem-specific. So, you know, in, ideally you've already you know, got that as part of your marketing arsenal um, or marketing assets, if you like, um, where you know that you know your ideal clients are calling about a specific problem. So you can address that with content you already have. But if you do have to create it specifically for this this purpose, then that's beneficial as well. You'll be able to use that again later. But um, you know, so taking that step to make sure that the other stakeholders see the benefits of having that next conversation because you're addressing a problem that they all recognize then and see that you've got some solutions to it um so then they're more likely to set a time because i think often what happens is the initial um initiator of the the conversation goes to the other parties and says here's what i want to do and they said ah no we don't need that or no i can't see yes. any benefit and it just goes nowhere and they're you know, they're embarrassed to come back and say, oh, sorry, <laughs> we're not going anywhere. And so just, you know, you're waiting and waiting unless you then go and say, well, what's happening with the meeting? And, you know, so, yeah, it get, gets yeah. embarrassing. So being in control of that conversation and really being clear, you know, what are your objectives? Step one, what do you have to do to um, create the environment for the next step to go ahead successfully and really initiate that yourself so you are actually really controlling the flow yes i think that's a great a great summation of of, of how to keep control of that sales process because uh, the better that we can overcome some of these objections and actually understand that your process isn't simply about making the sale but you know you've got to have a robust approach to qualify and really assess a number of different uh, prospective clients if they are the right fit and you have your own process to do that but you're right like how do you then ensure that uh, there is an outcome because you don't want to be thinking that I've got all these different leads you know where are they in the pipeline like am I wasting my time there's nothing worse yep. than saying oh, I've got five leads mm. and yeah. I've had meetings with them but I don't know if they're interested I've tried them and and no one wants mm. to go through that process so I think you, you've you've done you've done really well Greg in, in sort of going through that uh, in our next podcast episode what we're going to do is we're going to talk as an extension to this around how do we nurture our potential clients maybe we've had a meeting with them maybe we you know we've got to a certain stage and they're not quite ready they're not quite interested how do we nurture them in the way that's not salesy but keeps us top of mind as the authority and ultimately leads to more conversations and and, and more 
quality sales. So we'll, we'll, we'll go through that. But um, in the meantime, Greg, um, where can we find you if we want to know some more information about you? Yes, uh, well, LinkedIn's a, a great place to find me. Just do a search for Greg Roworth and uh, I'll come up pretty quickly. Um, otherwise, go to my website at businessflightpath.com. Awesome. You can find me at LinkedIn at Andy Marmont or concurve.com.au. This has been the Accepted Authority Podcast. Thanks so much for listening and we'll see you next time.